a lot of business leaders say this. You might have even said it yourself. We have got to get on the same page. And it's true. Inconsistency in your business message can just be the growth killer for your organization. But what does being on the same page really mean? What kind of page is it? Well, in our experience, the best kind of page is actually a playbook. So on today's solo episode, we'll talk about how to build your messaging playbook on the Manage Your Message podcast. Welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast, where professionals come for ideas and inspiration to grow by talking about their businesses more effectively and getting lots of other people to do the same. Here is your host, consultant, professional speaker, and author, Jim Carr. Come on in and welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast. I'm Jim Carr. I help professionals and entire organizations to get the most out of their everyday business conversations. Those are the ones that generate by far the most and most effective word of mouth. And that translates into more growth and revenue, customer engagement, employee engagement, and your brand and reputation. On this program, we discuss three foundational components for managing your message. First, the message itself, meaning the words, stories, and evidence you want your marketplace to know about. Second, your messengers, the network of actual people who can help you share that message. And third, management habits that will shape your culture and turn your improvements into an everyday competitive advantage. My new book is out from Career Press. It's titled The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indie Books, wherever fine books are sold. And if you would like to read some sample content before buying, then you can find the introduction and the first chapter on my website, jimcarr.com slash books. And in my case, Carr is spelled K-A-R-R-H. We are here on this podcast to share insights and ideas because simply put, it's much easier to grow your business when you are a message manager. And managing a message for yourself, especially for a team or a larger organization, is all about having a plan and some ways to put things into place. What I find in my work with a variety of different organizations is that a playbook approach works the best. And so this is a solo episode where I want to share some experiences, guidelines, best practices, and things to avoid as you get your own messaging plan, your own messaging playbook in place. And perhaps I should back up just for a moment. Why a playbook in the first place? I mean, you might say, Jim, we have a lot of product information. We do sales training or customer service training or all sorts of other ways for people to develop knowledge, have resources for things that they need to look up, processes, procedures, documentation, all of that. What's this playbook thing? Why can't we use what we have? Well, you can, but given the fact that you might have a lot of these things in place, there's still likely a lot of inconsistency or a lot of missed opportunity in those everyday business conversations. Clearly, there's something inherent in the way organizations are today, the noise in our marketplace and how people learn and remember that is missing in a lot of instances. 
And the playbook approach is one that seems to match better than anything else that we've found of how to get a consistently effective message carried out throughout your organization and even outside your organization among current customers, vendors, suppliers, friends in the community, to be able to do that in these noisy times when people are working different schedules, different locations, they're distracted, there's lots of competition, you have people coming in and out of the organization, some tribal knowledge goes away, new people with different skills, styles, communication knowledge, assumptions come into the organization, and then people switch roles. They go from one team to another. Maybe they were a worker bee and they become a manager. So they have other people whom they need to coach and motivate when maybe that didn't happen for them very much, especially in the area of leading customer conversations. So there needs to be some sort of central resource and a playbook approach, much like it does for a sports team, tells us all what to do in certain situations. It takes the overall plan, the game plan, and translates that into the behaviors and the ways of keeping score that everyone can relate to. You might reasonably ask, okay, if I get the rationale behind a playbook, what is a playbook? Like what form does it take? What purpose should it serve? And isn't it like some things that I might already have in place? Well, if I may offer, again, from experience, three things to consider about what a playbook is and frankly, what it is not. Let's start there. First, a playbook is not a rule book or an employee manual or a handbook. It doesn't take the place of those sorts of things. It should not read like a legal document or an owner's manual. People don't relate to those very well, and they frankly don't use them. What we want is something that is not trying to touch every base or cover everyone's rear end in terms of or the documentation to fill out if there is a spill on the factory floor or here's how you apply for sick leave, et cetera, et cetera. No, what we want is something that is focused on certain conversational scenarios and the things that people need to know, say, show, and do in those specific scenarios. Going for simple over complex, go for less rather than more. Second of all, good playbooks are not libraries. It's not a repository. It's not your attic. It's not the basement. What I've seen happen sometimes is there's a lot of stuff and some bosses will say, look, we have all our sales collateral. We have our product information. We have our customer experience activities and metrics we have all manner of processes and guidelines and assessments. And let's just put this all in one place, call that a playbook, and at least everyone will know where things are. Well, that's true. That sort of approach does help everyone to know where things are, but much like the thing that you find in the attic or basement that you didn't realize was there, it doesn't provide guidance on what to use, when to use it, and how to use it. So, a playbook is not a repository. But third, and a final point, good playbooks are conceived as guides for very specific conversations. So again, to use the sports analogy, coaches use playbooks so that on specific plays, everyone knows what to do. The plays themselves are designed with a particular purpose in mind. In football, you might say, we have to convert a third down. There's a certain type of play that we need to run. 
Maybe we want to burn some time off the clock. Maybe we need to try to move quickly and come from behind. But there's a certain play that fulfills a strategy and again, lays out for every person, every participant who's on the field of exactly what they're supposed to do. We want to organize your playbook content around certain conversations, audiences, initiatives, things that are a priority that you need to get done for the business and then let everyone know not just where to find things, but their role and what to do. And we can also use it to celebrate wins and amplify the results that we get. If an effective messaging playbook is about organizing around specific strategic initiatives and specific conversations and scenarios that lead to success in those initiatives, let's think a little bit about the problems that can be solved through having an effective playbook approach. Because it is an effort, it needs to be worth the effort. And as you might have seen through my book, other episodes of the podcast, or other elements of what I coach and speak about, it is a three-legged stool, a message management model for organizations who use these everyday business conversations to really drive growth without having to change their product set necessarily or their pricing or distribution or the people themselves, simply using these as a growth lever. The three elements are your message, your messengers, and management habits. The problems that I see very often in organizations and on teams is when one of those elements is missing or if it's weak and it shows in three different diagnoses, three different issues that you might be seeing around your organization. The first is commodity, commoditization. Your offerings, your company, your products and services sound like everyone else's. The language, the very stories, the descriptions, the features and the functions, it all kinds of mashed together. I see acronyms, industry lingo, non-differentiated types of words, phrases, and examples that get in the way. It's very difficult for your potential buyers, members, donors, whoever, to distinguish you from other ways that they might spend their time and money. The second problem that can get in the way is crickets. The crickets are chirping, not much is happening. That means growth is tough to come by. And you might have identified different areas where you want to grow. It could be that you're trying to find net new business. It might be that you're trying to expand your share of business with your existing customers, sell them more things out of your portfolio or higher priced, maybe a combination of those things. Maybe you're facing different types of competition, a new type of buyer, new selling situations. And if those are difficult to come by, then when the crickets are chirping, that might mean you have a messenger issue, not enough of them. It's very common in entrepreneurial organizations, small, medium-sized private businesses that a lot falls on the founder, the owner, the sales leader. They're the ones that people in the organization say, oh, that person, he or she really knows the story better than anyone else. Or that person sometimes falls into the trap of saying, you set it up, I'll close it. I'll be the person who is at the end of the funnel that's a difficult thing to scale and it's very easy to get burnout. What you really want is a large and vibrant group of messengers who are saying things in a consistent way, which gets to the third issue, the third problem that can come up. I call it cowboys. We appreciate the autonomous spirit of the American cowboy, right? Get it done sort of mentality, but it's also a kind of get it done my way. 
And when you apply that across an organization, that can mean people are out there having their conversations. They're talking about the business, but they may be saying it in many different ways. And if that's inconsistent, that's difficult to scale as well. So crickets, commoditization, cowboys, they all are impediments to growth and profitability. We can use a playbook approach to hone the message, build a more vibrant and larger network of messengers, and to codify some good, simple, everyday or every week management habits that will make this a long-term advantage for your business. Next, I'd like to offer you a little insight as to what is typically in a playbook, a messaging playbook. Everyone's going to be a little bit different, but I'll give you some of the common gotta-haves when it comes to your messaging playbook. And then I'll end with a few specific considerations for organizational leaders and managers. Contents of the messaging playbooks that I've seen to be effective, and many of which I have helped put together, will typically include, first, some description and guidelines of an ideal customer or client. Sometimes it's done even on a scorecard basis. Sometimes it's on more of a descriptive basis. But the fact is, you are not the best fit for everyone, and every potential customer or client is not the best fit for you in terms of it might be their size, their complexity, how they buy the technology or practices that they have today. But it's very helpful to get for everyone a very clear sense of here's whom we best serve. Here's the customer type that is the best fit. Doesn't mean we're not going to speak to everyone, but you have to set your priorities someplace. Making it clear is very effective. What I've also found is that in developing playbooks, a lot of people inside the company don't really know that information executives are aghast. (laughs) So not only do we want to identify that ideal customer or client, but also identify what's working in their worlds today, what's shaping their decisions, what are constraints that they have, their common frustrations, the problems they're trying to solve. And it might be from changes in technology, talent, their growth plans, regulation, lots of things could be going on in that customer's world. We want to call those things out so that we can, in our conversations with them, suggest ways to help and know good questions that everyone can ask. A second area of content we'll typically find are buyer personas or roles. Today, for anything other than the most simple repeat purchases, the process of decision-making for buyers has become more complex, often involves new people. It's very likely that there are more and different people involved in decisions for buying your type of product or service than has been the case in the past. We want to call those out and know at an individual and at a role level, what are the opportunities and what are the challenges and the frustrations and roadblocks that those people are dealing with. Another area of content that's common in a messaging playbook are the overall problems that you help solve, how that impacts customers from their point of view. Are you saving time, money, reputation, frustration, giving them more growth opportunities? There are lots of ways that you help that needs to be part of the common language and common understanding across your teams. Some other areas of content that you'll likely want to have in that messaging playbook are What are our differentiators? What makes us truly different? 
not just the, how much we care, not how long we've been in business, but from the standpoint of those potential buyers, those potential members, donors. You'll also want to have good customer stories, maybe some insights, good questions to ask, visuals, different ways of leading a conversation that take the complex and help make it simple for everyone. You might have some other areas that you would want to have in your messaging playbook. I won't even go into the laundry list of things that different organizations have wanted to add to this, but the very basics about knowing that ideal customer or client, what's shaping their decisions, who are the individuals involved, what are the personal elements that they're trying to solve, what makes you different, some good stories, ways to ask questions, to gather information and make your value resonant and memorable. Those are the types of things that uh, can go into a messaging playbook and you can build those out again to scale. A final note for organizational leaders, whether you're at the very top or an important manager and you're trying to build improvement and confidence across your teams. Again, I've worked with leaders and managers at lots of different kinds of organizations, and these are the things that I will tell them if they're even considering, much less as they get started with their messaging playbook and a messaging transformation across the organization. The first is that from the top, this needs to be made a priority. It's not a chore, but there's consensus that this is something that we are going to do together. This is not a short-term promotion. We're not trying to clear inventory. We're not trying to do something just to check the box and make ourselves feel better. No, this is a way for us to establish differentiation, to hit our growth plans and become on an evergreen basis, a standout in our industry and in our marketplace. It's tied to specific behaviors and conversations that are absolutely vital to our growth. And we're going to carry this all the way through. It's important to make that a priority from the top as well as in middle management, if you have that layer in your organization, because people will come away and they might be skeptical. They might have at your organization or one where they've been a part of in the past and think, oh, here it comes again. It's the fad of the month. It's the initiative of the quarter. It's the feel-good story that if we just bide our time, just let it pass, it'll go, and there'll be another priority a few months down the road. On the other hand, if there is strong leadership from the top saying, we will all do this and we're going to help you in this, but you will do it because we're all going to be doing this together. That is important from the outset and all the way through. Second consideration, this is not a substitute for or in conflict with other ways that messages flow about the business. So when I'm thinking about advertising, public relations, your mission or vision statement, digital, social, all of those areas. You might think, don't we have all of that? We have all of that messaging, Jim. Well, the fact is you probably do. And in fact, your competition probably does as well. And yet we know that in most organizations, it doesn't translate consistently into face-to-face, real-time customer conversations across the business. Obviously, something is missing. Now, we do need consistency in what's said on the street, in the hallway, at the meeting, at the ball game, in the community, along with what's going out through our advertising campaigns, our PR initiatives, our digital and social. 
if it's inconsistent, if it's wildly different, then your consumers, your prospects won't know what to believe. And so they probably won't believe much of anything about you. So we want that consistency, but we want to extend it and translate those messages into ways that they will be part of everyday business conversations, which gets to the third consideration for leaders. This is not a solo act. It can't come just from one person or one team or unit within the business. Sometimes in working with a new client, I will hear about past messaging or marketing or sales initiatives and say, yeah, there was something that came from marketing a few months ago and sales team didn't use it or the account team didn't use it or a consultant or an agency or the CEO came up with this thing that he or she wanted everyone to say. And it didn't really carry through because people didn't feel it. They didn't believe it. They didn't internalize it. You don't want to do this in isolation, but rather go into it with a spirit of co-creation. And it makes sense. If you want people from across the organization and even outside the organization to speak about the business in a new and more effective way, they probably need to have a role in creating those messages. They need to see their fingerprints or at least feel like the fingerprints of people who understand their role, who know what they do, have been involved in putting together the content of the playbook. That very process will produce clearer, simpler language, stories, and examples that will be more readily adopted across the teams and across the organization. There's also another important ancillary benefit. That very process will create buy-in and momentum for the overall effort. Again, this isn't just about creating a playbook. This is about creating hundreds or thousands more effective business conversations and what that's going to mean to the growth of the business. It's not the tool, it's the behavior and the reinforcement of it over time. Buzz will get around your business as people from different units, different locations, and with different perspectives and experiences are all contributing to this messaging playbook. They will tell their colleagues and their friends and their family members that something cool and different is going on. That will make adoption much easier. And that brings me to my last consideration for the leadership. Think about implementation early. You don't want to put a lot of effort and thought into building a playbook and then only at the point where it's ready to launch, think about implementation and ownership. This should be a consideration from the very beginning. And I encourage you to think about implementation at two different timeframes. The first is the very near term, that launch mode. When this goes out, who leads the launch? Who talks about it? Where will this playbook reside technologically, physically? You definitely want to get off to a strong start, and I would highly encourage the senior leadership to be part of the launch process to reinforce that this is a priority for the business. But also think about on a more long-term or evergreen basis, who owns this playbook content internally? Because there will need to be additions there will need to be revisions. There will need to be deletions. At times when things become stale, you don't, again, want this to look like a cluttered attic over time that people stop using. As people come into the business, as you onboard them, as people change roles, as they go from being frontline workers to perhaps being a manager with direct reports, and there's a coaching component involved. 
How are they going to use it? How will you be taking this content and making it available at the right times for the right people and the right situations? And importantly, how do you track progress, adoption? How do people use it? And how is that translating into the business growth metrics that you laid out in the first place? So there you have it. My insights, guidelines, and recommendations for building your messaging playbook. This is something you can do yourself. You can always have outside facilitation, of course. But I find that however you tend to approach this, a playbook is the way to most clearly, efficiently, consistently get leadership role in those customer conversations. We talked about what a playbook is and is not. The problems that it solves, crickets, commoditization, cowboy mentality. We talked about some of the standard areas of content that will likely go into your messaging playbook. You can always add to that. And the considerations for the leadership that you need to set this and reinforce it as a priority, make it consistent with other message frameworks and other messaging initiatives like advertising and PR and digital and social, but that it requires translation into everyday business conversations. That this is not a solo act. It needs to be created with different units, different people, perspectives, locations, and experiences as a way to build momentum and have better content in the first place. And finally, to think about implementation early and often so that this does affect behavior, attitude, and your growth plans. I'm very pleased that you have joined the podcast, whether you are a returning message manager or if this is your first time in. We continue to build momentum here. That is because Many of you have been recommending us to friends and colleagues. I've heard about that firsthand, and I see where many of you have been leaving those five-star ratings. If you haven't yet done so, please take just a few seconds and tap subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and offer your five-star rating and review. Those are important because they help the robots let other professionals know about this podcast and for them to be able to get value from it as you do. There's another free business messaging resource available to you, one you can read. It's called the Message Manager Memo. It comes to your email inbox each week. A brief read with something you can put to work right away. You can sign up on my website at jimcarr.com. That's K-A-R-R-H. And while you are visiting, you probably know of a company or a professional association that's full of people who are looking for ways to improve their professional conversations and grow their businesses. On my website, you'll see a page for speaking as well as a related page just for event professionals. Those are the people who are trying to find speakers and other ideas for making in-person events memorable and valuable. You'll find several keynotes and session topics. They're all based upon practical learnings from my new book, The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. Each program that I do, whether it be a keynote or a concurrent session or a lunch and learn or a training. Everything is tailored to the themes of the meeting, the needs of your participants, and the impact that you need to have on the business. You may email me directly at jim at jimcar.com. We can set up a time to talk by phone if you prefer that. My direct number is also on the website. I look forward to our conversation. Until next time, message managers, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Manage Your Message podcast with Jim Carr. You'll find show notes and other resources at managermessagepodcast.com and jimcarr.com. Please help us serve you and other message managers by subscribing to, rating, and reviewing this podcast. 
and connect with Jim on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Jim Carr. Until next time, we hope your business message is shared well and often. <laughs>